0: Yo, man, you know who this is? This is Cheris B, Playboy Playmate. Come on in, girl. Hey, Ice. Attention, celebrities, rock stars, rappers, and badass athletes. <laughs> Cheris B is here to save you from your own fake-ass interviews. Doesn't get flyer in this. Hey,
1: everybody, it's Cheris B, you're listening. Backstage pass with Cherokee on PlayboyRadio.com, and today I have again one of my favorite people that I've ever had in the one and only
0: Tomra. It's awesome to be back. It's really fun. Had a great time. Thanks for having what? me. You know what? I
1: I I just don't feel like we got to finish our stories. There was so m- it, we have so much to talk about that this is just like. This is going to go, I hope this goes on for a while. Will you keep coming back? I would
0: love to. And we find we have so much in common, you being in the music business. I don't know yep. if everybody knows you have a, a pretty detailed background in the music business. People
1: don't know that.
0: Well, maybe you should uh, <laughs> in, enlighten them a little bit. I mean, the, some of the clubs that all the upcoming and massive bands played on the East Coast were affiliated with you at some point. You've seen some amazing, amazing people come through your way. So instead I of have. being all shy on the microphone, why why don't you help us out here and tell us <laughs> how how that started? We'll get to me eventually. But uh, it's well, not that well,
1: okay, enforced. I love it. I love like, it. Okay. I'm really uh,
0: curious how that started.
1: Well, you know what? I um I married a music man, just like Elton John said, she married a music okay, man. So that's so. Out, that's out for
0: me. That's not going <laughs> to yeah.
1: so I uh I basically um I had been friends it's now my ex-husband okay. his his name is is John Boyle We're
0: okay with that that's all, all Yeah oh, okay. yeah why
1: not you know it's co- you know it's probably all over the internet so okay, i can say fair something now. Um, And he is my baby daddy. So I got to do, I have to claim a name. And I'm known as Cheris Boyle on uh, Playboy. So, I mean, exactly. So, good times. Yeah. uh, You know what? Super good. You know, I unfortunately think it's pretty, you know, not everybody can be in a good position with their ex and not only their ex that they have a child with, but I am in a really blessed scenario. I'm remarried, um, been with my husband now for 14 years right. and my ex-husband and i have a great relationship and i think that starts from the fact that we met each other when we were 10 we went to summer camp You're together. are know my no my no. ex-husband okay okay we the music man okay we right. met we met when we were 10 and we used to ride the speedy gonzalez bus to summer camp right. <laughs> and,
0: that, that leaves an impression yeah
1: okay. and he used to come over his his he lived literally walking distance from right. my house, and he uh, knew where I lived because I was dropped off before him. So he would walk over and knock on my door and ask to play at 10.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> now, was there music in his household at the time already? His, so you kind of knew eventually what his dad did or family so did. So on and, the West yeah.
1: Coast, there was Bill Graham Presents, exactly. who yeah, yeah. was – the you know major promoter on all of the west coast so yeah. instead of like going to ticketmaster or live nation now sure um it basically live nation as you know monopolized all of the smaller independent right, companies right.
0: They that at the out.
1: time they weren't They weren't small. I mean, these were, you know, Bill Graham was the largest promoter on the West Coast. Right. And on the East Coast was Jack Boyle, which is you know my ex-husband's father. Yeah, he's massive. And he he owned, you know, in the 40-some, 50-some range of, he owned all of the amphitheaters. So when you go to a big amphitheater, he owned all of the amphitheaters. This was D.C. too? This was all the way from Maine to South Florida. Wow. So, wow. like Sunrise. Nissan Pavilion, so Sunrise, Sunrise. Amphitheater, yeah. yeah. He, he owned all all of those. So, okay. Nissan Pavilion out in Virginia, yeah, to, yeah. but 47 of them from Maine to Florida. Okay. So, he brought you two to the US for the first time. Really? Uh yeah, my my ex-husband's uh godfather, he had two. One was Richard Pryor and the other is Jimmy Buffett. Wow, that's
0: an interesting um,
1: combo That right, yeah. exactly. So, so he you get
0: a margarita and a joke.
1: Right, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so he um he had a, he had a uh, you know, an interesting lifestyle growing up.
0: So that's th- the music thing for you is something you've had ever since you were young in high school and had had, and that's kind of what we have in common here. Is we both music's a huge, huge part of our life.
1: Yeah. So, so you jumped on to ask know, me questions I know, I know, I know. right I'm out of sorry, the gate, I, I and apologize. I was still in the middle of introducing you to everyone because they're just listening. Yeah. You know, they've got a Tom Rob is the man who has literally. I mean, the the introduction that I gave before doesn't even compare, but you've basically driven down a road for four hours with Robert Plant. You have, and, and I'm going to go kind of, I'm going to introduce you backwards okay, to what, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. what you do, let's say, for a living. Right, right. But what you do for a living is very different than everything that you get to see and Abs- everything yeah. that is... What a backstage, a true backstage pass,
0: hence the title Backstage. Hence the title Backstage Pass,
1: is you've had the ultimate backstage pass to, I I don't want to say every band, but we're talking Metallica and Hoobastink and Robert Plant, Linkin Park, Dolly Parton, uh, Kanye West, System of a Down, Creed, Live. (laughs) I mean, Modest Yahoo. All the way from even um, Chris Colfer from Glee. I mean, even just, you know, uh, actors and, you know, you have the ultimate. So everybody listening, this is the true. I'm giving you the backstage pass to the real man that has the backstage pass. Well, I think what
0: makes it interesting is you do have this insight and we were getting into it. And I appreciate it. What I do is I do security for these bands, which we discussed the other day. It is security, but it's so many other titles, too. And not not to bore everybody, it's everything from, you know, unfortunately, Bellman, Bag Boy, to Chauffeur sometimes, to Therapist, um, Friends at times, but more just to make sure uh, that everything within the tour runs smoother because you're there. I think it's really you have to give a lot and not be concerned about your ego. I get young guys asking me all the time, you know, what do you do, how do you get to this point? And I explained some of the things you have to do, and they're like, I would never do bags. And you're, what bags meaning carrying up the bags is mm-hmm. the guy. You know, your band is so exhausted you're getting up at four, getting, arriving at four or five in Paris, and you're getting to the airport. First thing you want to do is obviously make sure they're safe and in their rooms. Now, you and the tour manager and whoever else wants to make their life easier. And if it means doing the bags,
1: or the cleanup crew, or whatever, whatever it is.
0: takes, and anybody who thinks that, there are things you don't do. Then this job's not it for you. Well, it's I egoless. Think, you have I think they want to be
1: their 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 friend. They want to be the person yeah. that's like more of their sidekick. Not we call their...
0: that we call that buddy guard.
1: The buddy guard, yeah,
0: because they want to be friends. Oh, that's and, a good and one. They're, listen, there, and you've discussed it. There are many many cool things about being out. there. the travel, the shows. The worst thing you can be, to be honest, is a fan of that band which even though I like all my band's music I'm not a fan because I can't But you keep
1: it real cuz you know it's I mean you it's a it's a maturity level right. that either some people have or don't and you know it's I my husband is very good friends with a lot of as we've discussed yeah. you know really long time great friends with a lot of very well known musicians right. and right. and celebrities and It really takes a certain person that those people will connect with because you can't want anything the second you ask for something, the second you're, um, you know, treat them like you're a fan, they know that. And he's never cared. And I've heard him say... The most awful things to the his you know whether it's Tommy Lee or Travis worker I've to, heard him... to
0: their security or no to, to them like joking oh, okay. around oh, like yeah, r- yeah.
1: getting aroused out of them yeah. like saying things that if you were like a fan you would never of say course. like he teases them and is like has a real true personal relationship well, and they like that that personality
0: we talked about relationships and you you want to be liked by your client that's important but you don't want to be judged because. They don't know the hundreds of the things you you do that they shouldn't know. And we talked about the advancing, dealing with all the drivers, dealing with hotels ahead of time, dealing with the barricades, people at the front of house, how, how quick the doors are getting, the bomb dogs, all the things that take a show they don't need to know. But when they stand next to you, they need to know that they enjoy having you next to them. Right. When they a fan comes up that you're not aggressive, that you're diplomatic, you're you're an extension of them. And
1: every artist is very different, Completely so you have different. to really be personally. Of you course. have to be of course a really good read because some people might, might – um, I. Travis Barker loves his fans. Like, he wants them all up on him. Yeah, we, like, we, it doesn't phase him at all in any way. And he will sit around forever signing autographs. Does Then there's obviously other people that are literally trying to put a disguise on to slip out the back. Yeah. They don't really want to be bothered.
0: Yeah, and, and that's a shame. And it also is different times in their career, to be honest. Or honestly, they are human, so they might be going through something that day. Yep. But we were talking about Chester, who's a friend of yours. Uh, of Linkin Park, Lisa, I don't know if I've ever met someone better to his fans. I mean, I'm lucky that all my bands are amazing to their fans. But he is so compassionate. If he sees something far away, he'll address it. If someone is stopping a kid from coming up, he'll address it, and he'll jump off the stage and make sure it's taken care of. And so obviously anybody would take that as a very clear read. This is how... I need to treat his fans. More importantly, that's how you should treat all fans, and it's a great example. I mean, we learn every day, so I see something like that. I'm like, this really works. Everybody's happy. He gets what he wants. The fans are so excited. Some, unfortunately, have a different outlook. Then and there's it.
1: the Kanye attitude. Yeah, you know. Do you think <laughs> it's a,
0: a, I think my voice is one
1: Not to throw yeah, you off yeah, there or yeah. anything. You're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean... You know, at the same time, though, so we're talking about Kanye and how it seems that his read is. I mean, you've worked with Kanye. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that I can say not about him, but you've seen guys that aren't who they appear to be. So, you know, they, I I have at least. I've seen guys that he's are really. who he
0: appears to be.
1: <laughs> that's really i love honest. hearing that there you go ding 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 that is right there the backstage pass that's that's the well, kind of thing that you get to hear that's real i hate to
0: jump off that but i actually had a great experience on the tour because we worked with really good rock people that he had hired to come in and they wanted to kind of change the vibe of the tour and i was asked to come in and i was lucky enough to have someone above me who was like if Tom comes in, he gets to, to run it the way he wants to run it. And that was the only reason I came. And it, it's, it was just creating. When you say
1: run it, what does that mean? Well,
0: they have a personal guy that him and I were together in, in uh, India with Kanye doing personal about, f- I would say, four or five years ago. When we were done.
1: What is doing personal mean?
0: means being with him 24-7. Okay. And okay. they had a team already in place, and we were coming out to do uh, download or a uh, big day out in Australia, and he was going to play. Okay. We had to go to India because he was looking for factories for work and in, in, uh, fashion. Okay, So I had a very quick experience with him for about two weeks. And, you know, personal for him isn't some, something I want to do. And it was nothing wrong. You were just lucky enough sometimes that you have enough kind of balls to juggle where you're at. Maybe I should go this way. Mm-hmm. So I walked away from that, and then... The person who took over three years later asked me to come back and run Venue, which we talked about, is definitely different. It means you're going with the show, you're setting up the right, show. so it's His not arrival, personal. the barricade, okay. and everything is so, his arrival from the hotel or airport to backstage door is set up with police, medical, barricades, bike rack, everybody's set up for whether I have meetings or post shows, and then the actual show, which is the building of the show. So... I had no issues, to be honest. The show itself was getting. So
1: you did do both. You did, did personal and, and venue,
0: and I do for a lot of the tours. Um, if you're smart, you know. Just to tell you, you right. want to be able to do a little bit of everything. So if someone right. calls you from whoever Aerosmith and says, Whatever "I need a personal," I'm good. Yeah. If they say, "I need a venue chief," I'm good. So you and again, it comes down to the knowledge thing we were talking about. The more you do, the more you learn, and we were talking about even though I've been here for so many years, I learn every day that I can learn more.
1: And there you go. From the Backstage Pass man himself, you are listening to Backstage Pass with Cheris B. We've got Tom Robin today. The stories are only going to get better on PlayboyRadio.com.
2: Hey, it's Holly. Did you really miss the last episode of Swing with Holly and Michael? No worries. Here's what you missed.
3: What those students who are doing a project on you and I in the lifestyle have said, and many others that are vanilla have said, what they've learned from the lifestyle that everybody in or out of the lifestyle should implement is the open, honest communication. And by that, we mean TTLC trust, talk, listen, communicate. Trust each other enough to talk. At that point, when you're trusting and talking, you're listening and now you're communicating. Because unfortunately, baby, nine out of 10 people already know what they're gonna say before the other person is done talking mm-hmm. so you're not really listening me no them i'm sorry you're probably not listening
4: <laughs> no not really so would you i was would
3: you agree or disagree that communication would be number one it
4: has to be i believe I think it does. without it there's nothing below that
3: and i don't mean just how was your day oh my day no. was good i don't
1: mean just that it's talking about the tough stuff it's right. talking about the good stuff it's talking about everything sweetheart
3: we had not you but i'm saying sweetheart Honey, baby, sugar pie, dumbf, whatever you want to
1: call it. (laughs) No, don't call him him that. Lovingly.
3: We haven't had sex. And again, I'm not saying it's gotta be number one. Communication. We haven't had sex. We haven't been intimate. We haven't just cuddled in X amount of time. Oh, you're keeping score? No, I'm just missing you.
2: Mm -hmm. Listen to the rest of this episode of Swing with Holly and Michael on (laughs) PlayboyRadio.com. When it comes to fitness, Andrea Lowell knows it all. I am now a certified raw food nutritionist. I'm going to talk to you about the rectus abdominis, which are the six pack muscles. Hear about all the latest fitness and nutrition trends as she gives you the best ways to stay in shape. My favorite
1: superfoods, chlorella. It's the quarter mushroom.
2: It's sexy beast Mondays on Playboy Radio.
1: playboyradio.com and we're back now back to the show yeah hey everybody you're back listening to backstage pass with cheris b and we have tom robin the backstage the real back the real (laughs) backstage pass guy on playboy radio so we kind
0: of introduced what i do um so they kind of know what i do but we still wanted to get back to what we have in common and it's your background in music and we were getting to the the childhood uh, frolicking of you, ten <laughs> year old boy. I was wondering if for some of the people we can just get past that because I'm going to start to tear up and i'll need oh, tissue oh yeah
1: oh yeah <laughs> how i became the so the, 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 music the music
0: part the clubs and, and seeing some of these people for the first time were, were, was it already set in place or not that interested or what
1: uh for me i was in my early 20s i we got married and his dad for a wedding present gave us a, a one of the most famous Live music venues in Georgetown, Washington D.C. That was As, your wedding gift. That was our wedding gift oh. called the Bayou. Oh, cool! I in got Georgetown. a certificate
0: to Nike. That was awesome. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> we we'll have to talk to my parents about that one.
1: Yeah, and so wow. um, he bartended on one side, and I bartended. So on you owned side. it, but
0: you bartended.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so were
0: you really a bartender? Or you were like
1: no, but just you know what? You know what he told Trying me? to count
0: the cash or something? Oh
1: no, I totally pretended. You know how he taught me? He goes, listen. You look great all you have to know how to do is make a brown drink a red drink and a blue drink wow. and he goes just pour uh, just pour cranberry if they want uh, you know if it's vodka. And, you know, it's a red drink. Just throw a little cranberry in there and just know the colors of drinks and nobody's okay. ever and make it strong. And nobody will question you on whether you made yeah, an they're, actual they're kind of greyhound looking, yeah. or a sex on the beach yeah, or, at uh, uh, or, you know, no. So or basically whatever advice
0: is at a Christmas party, you're bartending bartender. We should go to the other person. Put
1: it this way. I made so much money and so much money on tips. All I know is that. People would take a sip, and their face would cringe over how much liquor I put in it. But let me tell you, they were back to get their drink every time they needed a drink. So he and I started getting in these competitions of who was going to make more tips and more money. So you're screwing the
0: the bar owner, but you're the bar owner, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean,
0: of the the liquor.
1: Well, that's how we met again, was he... He was bartending at the bar, okay. and I didn't know that this was him from when we were kids. Oh,
4: really? Because when
1: we were kids, he was this, like, super, super overweight, I'm talking, like, really overweight really? 10-year-old, you know, that he was so overweight. He was, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you couldn't even see his eyes. They were, like, at his fa- fa- face was fat. Everything was just fat. He was fat, kid. Okay. I and this guy— no, the story gets amazing. Okay.
0: It sounds like
4: he will And he made him. me this drink at the
1: bar. No, but he'll say he will literally open the refrigerator at two and pulled the door off of the hinges at two years old of wow. the refrigerator door. That's he's a big boy.
0: Yeah. So the Hulk. Uh-huh. The two year old Hulk.
1: Two year old Hulk. Okay, so, so I now was just like, sw- whatever. You're at the bar. He's I'm at the bar now, and he's... I don't know it's him. Okay. And my friend managed the bar. I'm in there, I'm and he keeps making me some drink that's like a layered drink. And I pick it up, and every time I keep stirring it, and I'm like, this dr-. I was mean to him. I kept going, this drink is disgusting. And he goes, well, did you stir it? I said, yeah. He goes, you're not supposed to stir it. You're supposed to drink it from the bottom. Let me make you another one. I said, I don't want another one. I was being, okay. I was kind of. Did sweet. he know who you were? Yeah. Okay. He knew who I was. I didn't know who he was. And so finally, so we don't I, know. Was
0: there a roofie in the drink? Up, Do we know? No. He pissed I, that you I, the I don't know. Or? Well,
1: so then he makes me, he's like, no, you just have to drink it from the bottom. I tried again. I said, this is disgusting. Can you just make me what I asked for first, which was a vodka cranberry. And he's over there like chuckling to himself and just going along with me being whatever. I take my drink. I go into the office and I'm sitting there and talking to my friend and he comes in and he's cashing out at a certain time his register. Right. And he comes and he says, so everyone tells me that you're telling everyone else that I had a crush on you when you were 10. And I look at him and I'm like.
0: You don't know who this
1: guy I, is? No. I'm like, okay. what are you talking about? You're, you're the bartender. You just made me this drink. You're whatever was really good looking. His body was in shape. I mean, he was really good looking. So right. That's kind of why I was, why why I was maybe not like so it. nice to him because I was just like, this guy probably gets hit on all the time. He's really? great looking bartender. That's- I'm just going to be bitchy and move on because, you know. That's your
0: move? Be bitchy and move on?
1: No, I was. uh, I know that
0: scares guys. That that would be your
4: move.
1: Well, I'm not really into like guys that are kind of like into themselves. Okay, you thought uh, he was because yeah, he was like looked like a bodybuilder type and thought like yeah, like I don't want a guy like prettier than I am. Well,
0: he uses time well from ten to how I don't know. I did something right. Yeah.
1: So, anyways, he comes in and he goes. I said, "What are you talking?" He goes, "I'm little Johnny Boyle. I'm John Boyle." And I look, and my eyes got huge, and I was like
0: flashback to the little tri- yes bus and i was like I,
1: I did the whole no way like i was just wow. blown away and then he just smiled and he's like turned around and walked out and so, so that was the meeting and, and my my friend who is the manager had uh said yeah he owns the bar and i'm saying but he was just the bartender and he goes yeah he bartends too but he he's his dad owns the bar
0: so this, so that was the beginning. That was the beginning, and your, your, um, your people who listen to this never I, knew that. No, so now they know. No.
1: So, and you then know. now now
0: your only clubs.
1: No, so then you are, know it all just what, went down from it was on. From yeah. that point, he made it a mission, like he was gonna have me of course and it it
0: started at 10 and it worked
1: because within a year and a half we were married and had a baby so
0: (laughs) wow so there
1: you go yeah so i'm gonna (laughs) give you a
0: guys point of view you didn't know from the age of 10 that guy was like i'm gonna get this girl i'm gonna go to the gym every squat every curl he's like i'm gonna find that girl and protein powder shakes everything was i'll eventually find her i'm gonna make her want me and uh, good to him it worked
1: well, put it this way, my son's in Florida with his dad right now and he goes and walks over to the house I grew up in with my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So he's over, he's there now. That's so very cool. the setup where his where he we all still live in the same home. So it's walking distance. So now our kid is going back and forth between grandparents. Oh, that's very cool. And then to really throw you for a story, my stepson, okay. so my yeah. my N- stepson, my husband now is yeah. fun just moved there to work and live with my ex-husband.
0: Wow. Well, that's a blended family. We're, by the way, and we're going to so, have graphs yeah. and charts and how's color charts that? for everybody to follow. <laughs> How,
1: how's that for like a weird, yeah, so my awesome, husband though. now is raising his kid and he's raising his kid. Yeah, It's a, it amazing. gets really interesting. Yeah. See, well, I mean, we could just go straight to Jerry Springer and forget music and backstage passes and... We can forget. We can just go straight to Jerry Springer. I think
0: that's cool. And <laughs> it, no, it's. I think it's interesting. And then also, so now you're at the club. And let's say you're the owner now and, and you're with your husband. Before you were a music fan and now this is like, this is crazy. I'm no, saying, I was oh.
1: always a huge music fan. I was like, I toured with the dead. Like, I was that really? girl that had wow. like the dreadlocks and was wow. like all, like, mushroomed out. Really? With, yeah, At, at full what age on. was that? Okay. Starting, oh, that's bad. Starting at, I would Scare say. People. Yeah. Say like what we need 15, to hear. 15. Okay, all right. 14, 15 um, into my, let's say, just around 20, 21, okay. was, like, full on So. super hippie, like, being Led a Zeppelin, deadhead, are, deadhead. Okay, that was my next question. Do you rap, have an appreciation for every, everything? I have a, appreciation for all music. Okay. I'm like I. I could actually do. I could. I could answer some tough questions about musicians and different things. I think. I think I'm pretty. Well, now pretty that good.
0: you're you're there and and you have that background and you're starting to see other bands come through, is it exciting for you at the time? Besides the fact you just got married and have it. Having a kid is it really the music part of the business interesting to you at that time? One hundred and twenty
1: percent. Because you
0: said Eminem and some of these other people came. Oh, Eminem threw up in my car. Congratulations!
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I got from Eminem.
1: He he barfed in my car. There you go. No, the you know what what was what's the cool part about it? And I know you have seen this, being that you've been with. Uh, you know all of these different bands and and celebrities and stars, and then your brother also being the lead singer of Hubstage, right, right. and getting to see how hard he worked, sure, sure. and all of the thankless n- gigs and thankless. Yeah, and so you've seen
0: some of these people on the up, like I'm, at the beginning. I saw
1: literally Kid Rock. I saw Slim Shady, not Eminem. You know, I saw right. Slim Shady with two hundred people. And then two nights later, um, you know, it's like I'm all, uh, then it's James Brown, right. you know, right. and I'm sitting there watching um, James Brown do his sound check and learned that every time he would point when they would be doing sound check, if he pointed at someone who wasn't on point, they would get docked. 20 dollars oh, from okay. their pay that someone night. on his crew someone in the band yep. if they oh, okay, weren't sure. on point yeah with this horn section or they weren't yep. like just pop in sure on you know his the way he did things if he pointed at you you got docked your pay Absolutely. and just getting to see you of know all see, of yeah. that sound checks
0: of- are really cool if you're into that band to see mm. how they vibe and talk to each other and kind of work together and and you also hear the voice really clear, you know, and see how the the levels the band behind him work together. I, it's it's really fun for me when I'm at Coachella. I get to watch sound checks, and it's bands I'm not that interested in necessarily. But, but don't
1: w- some of them surprise you?
0: Absolutely amazing! Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, last year I was at Coachella and I run the main stage for. The last six years.
1: Oh, and you I, poor thing to all those festival Well, listeners. I really
0: didn't want to do it be just because I'd been touring so much. And then of all the bands that were there, people were going to laugh at this, but there was ACDC, Drake, a ton of people. Steely Dan was going to be on. And that's the only one I cared about. So I was like, you know what? So I, good live. Yeah, yeah, and I've never seen him. I grew up in the 70s and 80s listening to Steely Dan amongst 100 other bands. And I was like, I've never seen him. What the hell? I'll do one more, two more weekends just to check them out. So I get there and find out that they're not playing my stage. So I'm like, fuck. I just what a bum it. out. Yeah, and, you know, the, the exhausting drive from L.A. to Palm Springs. But, you know, obviously you're going to make something positive. It's going to be a great weekend. And then when I get there the day before, I find out on the side stage that Steely Dan is doing a sound check, a two-hour sound check that they had spread. And there is not one person on the field, not one person, but people working, setting up tents. And I just kind of slide backwards so it looks like I was already <laughs> already there. And I kind of shuffle back, pretending to look at I'm pointing at things. Oh, this, you know, we need to look at this. And all of a sudden I'm at front of house, which is only 40 yards away. So I got to get my private uh, two-hour show of Steely Dan, which was just... And I'm I'm not that guy who tapes anything or takes photos, but I was like, this is one of those cool moments because I remember my older brother introducing me to Steely Dan and Stanley Clark and all, uh, Weather Report and all this kind of jazz stuff, mm-hmm. and I was into heavy rock at the time. And so the first thing you do, like every story, just reminds you of another time. So it was really cool.
1: I... Eat a- <laughs> Just like us sitting here talking, everything reminds you of something else. That's why you are listening to the Backstage Pass with Cheris B. on Playboy Radio.
2: Playboyradio.com
1: You wouldn't think so, but sex toys have come a long way from that hard plastic vibrator that your grandma used. Hey, I'm sex toy educator and intimacy expert, Miyoko. Tune in to my show, Play With Me, to get the inside scoop of the newest sex toys on the market. Along with a panel of guests, we'll talk everything from the latest sex trends to the juiciest sex controversies. We're talking about sex in public. Do you consider yourself monogamous or would you like to maybe
2: consider having a relationship with multiple people? My boyfriend keeps bugging me because he wants to stick it in my butt. That's the type of conversation we're having today. So come play
1: with me. Tuesdays at noon Pacific Standard Time on PlayboyRadio.com.
2: Couldn't catch mention mayhem last week? Well, here's what you missed.
4: Halloween is over. And so that's when you know everything goes into overdrive, especially if you're out here in L.A. They're playing Uh,
2: Christmas music at Starbucks. See, that's what
4: I wanted to uh, ask you. Agree or disagree. Disagree. Should we be waiting till after uh, Thanksgiving to put up Christmas stuff? Or is it okay to start putting stuff up now?
2: No, it's not okay. I think you should wait because it's still like pumpkins and corn. And like, it's still very like warm and not Christmassy. We don't need to see all that bows and cranberry colored things. It just isn't time.
4: Thank you. I believe that it's Nordstrom's. I apologize if I'm wrong, but I did see something. Someone had posted that they had a sign saying, no, you will not see any... Uh, You know, any holiday decor until after Thanksgiving. Let's do one holiday at a time. Thank. I was like, bravo. You guys are finally getting it. Stop it. I mean, I was seeing Halloween stuff in like August. You know what I mean? Going, really?
2: The year flies by as is without that crap. So it's like, come on. Let us just. Slowly ease into these holidays and
4: people already started putting up. That's why I was asking, because so I was seeing posts, and I and I I do. That's kind of like my morning paper. Yeah. I wake up, I grab my phone, I lay in bed for about half an hour, and I just flip through.
2: Yeah, I just see what's out there,
4: there on, on the feeds, whether it be Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and I've seen people putting up their trees. It how do and you I'm keep like, that alive? What?
2: Listen to the rest of this episode of Mansion Mayhem on PlayboyRadio.com.
1: Hey everybody, you're back with Cheris B and Tom Robb on Backstage Pass with Cheris B on Playboy Radio.
0: Hey, those breaks are getting away of our conversation.
1: I know. God, I forget just, where
0: I'm at. And we I, were like we, telling a good Coachello story. I
1: know. Okay, so so Steely Dan was where you were at. And that's yeah. what you were asking me. Like, have I yeah, been yeah, into you, music in general? Like, I was the 14 year old that was listening to like Mountain, Mississippi, Queen
4: really and I
1: was like listening to uh, a band uh, that was a side project for Mark from okay. Dire Straits. Yeah, Strait yeah, so how's that? someone in
0: your, let's not talk about the, the My husband. Mom. Okay, that's the question.
1: My mom was always like, I grew up on Crystal Gale and, really?
0: she southern? and Linda your, your Ronstadt. Mom? Or yeah. just Southern Rock.
1: Southern Rock. Yeah, Linda, Linda Ronstadt. Ronstadt. huge. And I grew up with, you know, a Little Feet. And that's awesome. I, Okay, And some real, cool. like, you know, um... All sorts of unique music that well, you know—that's kind of important, isn't
0: it? That the background, whether it's your family or friends or where you're living at the time. The the corny phrase, of course, is that music is the soundtrack of your life, which later in life I think becomes more. But when you're young and you're influenced, like I was saying, my older brother listened to jazz, which wasn't. Something, but we lived in a one bedroom apartment with four, <laughs> so four, four people, <laughs> so you get a little bit of everybody's music. And right. basically, when you have an older brother that's taller when, and bigger wins? at the time, he went. So, I, you know, I
1: at the time you're probably the, yeah, bigger yeah, than definitely him right now, now. <laughs> definitely
0: now. So, I forced my music on him, I just shoved my iPod <laughs> in his ear and go, This is for the time. Back and
1: when, what was it for you then?
0: I loved rock. Uh, what, what we had a little short period when I was 12. Where we lived in the trailer park in um, in between Dallas and Fort Worth, and a lot of my stories go back to the trailer park. So this is one place we defer we we differ a little bit. So, but music was a big part of my life, and there was a family that we couldn't afford tickets or concerts. I didn't know anything, and when someone invited to me to a concert, I literally didn't know what they meant. Right. So. I, we ended up getting in the back of a pickup truck in Texas, and this is a huge trailer park where all the lots are dirt except for the one you choose to put your double wire <laughs> on. And then you put the plants, and now it's beautiful. So we drove in the back of this pickup about 30 miles, and I didn't know where where we were going. So we were all rednecks. I was a temporary one-year redneck, and we got in the back. A
1: little redneck Yeah, at is good. that time. I yeah. think you got to have a little redneck.
0: I got a little Dallas soul in me from that time. And then uh, we get there, and it's a, a band called Leonard Skinnerd,
1: uh, and uh.
0: and the band opening confused me because they were called The Band, and they were massive. But I didn't. I'm 12 years old. The now. Band. Yeah. So now when I meet people and we do the whole "What's your first concert?" and people are like, you know, Bobby, G. just random. I go Leonard Skinnerd and The Band, which people were like, "What the fuck? What a great, great kind of experience." And I love Leonard Skinner and Almond Brothers and all that, but the band has always been a big part of my life and a big part of that soundtrack. And when you're in lonely places, and for me it could be an 18-hour flight from China or you know my fifth two-hour workout in a week where you just like, and something randomly comes on, we were talking about escaping, you literally go to that spot where you're like, oh my God, I remember when I was 12 and... We were in the back of the pickup truck, and you just and for a lot of us, it's it reminds us, us of an innocent, and we're drawn into that. So even if it's two seconds of a Zeppelin song or what it is, for, if you hear Chris Legale, we know you're going to go back to your mom and your family right. in that time period. And I think that's what people love about music. It can transport you to another place. Now, when we're doing other things, like I'm sure you work out or do yoga or yep. these times where you might, I'm sure we're probably not doing, you know, well, I'm not wor- Slayer. I'm not
1: working out to Crystal Gale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I go more for like the hardcore. Exactly. Like I'm a 50 cent, Absolutely. like Jay-Z rap, awesome. like worker outer. Yeah. It's got to it- be like, no, well, actually it's like DMX. Okay. Like oh. I want to like kick someone's ass. Like. How-
0: how about when you want? To, this is a little cheesy. You want to write a letter to your husband, or you want to write a journal, something about your kids? Would you put something that would take you
1: oh, to yeah, that place? Of course. Um, I think. Uh, I would go back to like logins and Messina. Yeah. Wow. Um, we lost
0: a few people on that one. That's but, an awesome, one, right? Yeah. Like I
1: can, yeah, Loggins, uh okay. um Uh. Do you my remember mom Crosby, used to sing Crosby, me Crosby Stills. Of that? I mean that's my the same genre. My mom used to sing me a love song, you know. Oh nice. And yeah. and when I was a little girl. So you know and I grew up in a household where my mom would put on music and she would dance with me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Like in the
1: house. So music was always like considered like like you said, it's the soundtrack of your life. There's, you so, know, moments. Van Morrison, oh, um, David Gray, you know, Van
0: Morrison. I uh, love Van Morrison. C- C-
1: Christopher Cross. Okay. Um, you know, That's I grew nice. up. My dad was a sailboat racer, so, so that it's song. Like I, that song was in like
0: '78 and was massive.
1: But music to me was even y- when I was young, like something that was an escape. Right. You know, like it was a it was. Sure. Uh, I remember the i i my first record, and obviously that ages us because you don't say CD or or at least I'm not well. No, I'm not going to say H tracks. -tracks. -tracks. I remember them, but yeah, Yeah. no Beta. (laughs) Yeah, no. I was the record era, and it was um, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and I bought um, the Double Dutch Bus. So there you go, right there. I was like, I had the one foot in the rock side. And I was, you know, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and the other foot was in like the the hip hop. Like, okay, like we're gonna play the double Dutch bus so over how, and over and over. <laughs> how
0: how does someone? Lo- so for me, I did decent in school, but I could never memorize a song, not one song. And people started memorizing rap songs, and I was like, how do you?
1: No, I'm the person that goes, no, 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 no. Okay, I feel better. I feel
0: better about that. No, like, but like- some
1: of them, like, well, no, I mean. There are songs that I can pretty much throw down on. Okay, you can at all?
0: Abs- not? Absolutely not. Zero. But are you
1: okay? So you're a rock guy. You Leonard Skinner's your first concert. Mine yeah. was Michael Jackson. Nice. Wow. Yeah, Michael okay. Jackson. Um, Leonard Skinner, you're a rock guy. You love rock. You listen to some jazz because of your older brother.
0: Yeah, and then you had a year in Texas, so you get a little bit of country. So you get a little
1: bit of country. I So live... you're very
0: confused by the time you're 17. You you have no idea. Um, but rock always f- from Zeppelin. I grew up on the – I had two older brothers. Another one was the Beatles. So there was the conflict in the house was – Beatles or the Stones and I'm like why are we arguing over British bands? I don't even know anything about these guys but I love the Beatles and I wasn't much of a Stones fan and of course later in my life bump, bump into them many times. See if I, I had to him.
1: pick I'm like I'd rather be a, I, yeah. honestly I, this is gonna, I'm going to lose a lot of fans by saying this but you know I got to keep it real. I just don't get the whole, I don't get the Beatles. Like it doesn't do well if you ever yeah me. if you
0: ever get a chance to- I know to, that's to... really bad <laughs> yeah, you...
1: and I, I know people are going to be like I'm such an idiot well I like, think it's more I the story is it.
0: really interesting I mean uh, if you watch any of the documentaries which I have I, love. I try to like him it's like salmon
1: I try to like it over and over and every time I still I'm like I don't I don't know why people I don't think love you have to stuff. yeah
0: well I mean I don't think you have to apologize for not liking him but. This can I, this brings us to another subject i love to go to right now just because that's not a great. Do it. You don't get the Beatles, which I totally understand. I'm not a huge fan of the Stones, which I don't understand. Uh, they're great, but it's just not me. Do you sometimes see, like, hip-hop songs or pop songs, which I struggle with right now? I don't necessarily listen to it or like it, but I get that somebody else does.
1: Of course, yeah, I t- yeah. completely do, because I'm a passionate person yeah. about music, so I can understand. Yeah.
0: I mean, it could be Yanni or ri- Enya right. or whatever that people love, and my thing is, the reason I'm bringing this up, and it's kind of an important subject, is we're in a time now, and you weren't doing it at all, you were just like, I don't get why people like the, this right. band. We're in a time now that if you don't like your band, you have to hate on another band. And and now more than ever I t- I tell you what happened I was going to Bakersfield to see my brother's band and this was in 2001 uh, my brother's band is who was they were just starting off and they opened for a band named 311 that was very successful at the time and great guys great live guys. Yeah they're you're awesome. great live So I drove up to Bakersfield and um took the long drive very excited for my brother it's one of those things you like how cool is this your little brother's playing clubs and now it's it's an arena so it's about 7,000 people in Bakersfield. Couldn't Exciting. be hiding. Yeah. So I get there, and I'm standing on stage for his show. And as the show starts, about a quarter of the fans literally turn around and face away from the stage and just put the middle finger up and just do the fuck you sign. And, you know, this is your little brother, so you're, like, getting a little testy here. Like, what? The, what's going on here? And their tour manager had to say, this is just what some of their fans do. My point is, the energy it takes to hate on someone and and not just wait for the other band and go online and hate the band, that energy, I know it's corny, can be used to support your band. You don't have to spend five nasty emails about how a band sucks. And But the,
1: that just goes into the world we live in today. That's exactly People what I'm saying. People expel so much Freaking negative energy Absolutely. in general and, on and hating. Yeah. And, and, I don't get it. I don't have the time The biggest time bands
0: it. in the world have millions and millions of people, and then they have this cult that all they do is go on their websites and talk trash and Facebook and talk trash, which is it's a sad time, and that's kind of why I bring it up, because- Why not just be supportive? By the way, you weren't doing anything close to that. It just brought up this subject where if you don't get or if you're not a big fan, which I can list a hundred bands I'm not fans of, but you'll never hear me talk trash about them. I have a Beatles
1: T-shirt. Like I wear, it's a cute T-shirt. It's Beatles. Like I wear it. Like
0: I know other people like (laughs) them. And you support. (laughs) And you (laughs) support music. You love music. Exactly. In essence, it's all the same family. Now, if someone comes out, it is just such a douchebag. You're going to have an opinion
2: of the person. But
1: I'm that person that generally feels that every human being wakes up every day to put their best face foot forward, to do the best that they can with what they have to work with. So, therefore, I'm not a big hater of people in general. like. For, you never know why someone likes or dislikes something. Somebody might have passed away that reminds them of that. So why would I say well, something did, or or hate on something that I don't know? How so did this story, This reason? whole
0: conversation started. You said you liked uh, Crystal Gale. Yeah. Because that was important part of your life. Great. Someone just walks in the room and thought, like, "Oh my gosh, she sucks." It's kind of erasing some of your good memories and good emotions. It's like why would anybody feel, need to I do just that? I just feel
1: bad for people who don't take the time to educate themselves on people's stories or their reasons. People that don't ask questions and don't want to know why someone cares about it or maybe why Crystal Gale is – great to somebody or yeah, maybe and why it
0: should be important that it isn't for them it's 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 a tough i right agree now it's and tough that goes that.
1: into people enjoy hating and let's pick up, no we're not going to pick up hating we're going to go back yeah, to yeah, all yeah, some great possi- backstage yeah, yeah. pass stories on backstage pass with cheris
2: b on playboy radio if you haven't been listening to playboyradio.com this is what you're missing Amazon modeling, which is something I am not qualified for at a whopping 5'1". I found out about, through playboy.com, a woman who goes by Amazon Cynthia. She's actually a Brazilian model. She's 6'8". She weighs 200 pounds. And this is actually a target market. This is a full market that I didn't even know about. There's, like, suicide girls. And there's Playboy, who doesn't really like the tattoos. And there's fetish models. And now there's 200-pound ladies that sit on people and crush people for money. And people actually pay for that.
4: You know what you should do? Nope. You should go to a 24-hour fitness. You should actually smoke cigarettes while you're on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah.
3: L.A. people would be like, oh, my God. I dare
4: you saying this. Asians smoke. The minute they walk out of the gym, like, they all start okay. smoking cigarettes. That's why, That must be why Asians live to like 130. <laughs> They've got it all right. They figured it out.
2: For this and even more great content, make sure to go to playboyradio.com. Hi, my name is Nefertiri Shepard, Miss July 2000, and you're listening to PlayboyRadio.com.
3: Are you still having intercourse with her? Oh.
1: Now, back to the show. Hey, you're back with Cheris B. I'm backstage pass with Cheris B. And Tom Robb today, and we were just sitting here actually talking about... We were talking about Metallica versus a hip hop artist on like a festival stage um, when we were on break. And we were saying that as we were talking about haters before we went to break and people hating on people, we came to a a conclusion, I think, that you're saying you you could never put on like a rap or hip hop yeah, at, at a festival before Metallica because... The Metallica fans, fans would passion- never yeah. like they're so passionate, they would never d- like put up with that. They couldn't deal. But you could put rap or hip hop artist fans, fans in
0: front of Metallica. It,
1: Metallica in front of so, their yeah. act that they're there to see and they would still love Metallica. <laughs> it's funny it's we've it's done the Yeah, funny.
0: we've you know, if you do the festivals all over the world and in usually Does let's...
1: anybody not like Metallica? I mean,
0: I mean, this is kind I, of what I we were talking about. I don't know if about. I've yeah. ever heard <laughs> yeah. of
1: anybody.
0: There's people that actually, part of that last conversation, and we won't dwell too much, is it's like the Yankees and the Cowboys and Metallica, they have a, a massive mm-hmm. amount of haters be, because of their success. They do. They have mm-hmm. Their fans are amazing, and they cross the globe. I mean, our last tour was 54 countries <laughs> just to – Cover their CD. And how
1: long does that take?
0: That took about two and a half years. And you're visiting a lot. That doesn't, you got to remember, America is just one country. So you hit it hard a couple times, but we literally went to 54 countries just for the last uh, CD release. And I believe it came out. Now I'm not 100% sure, but it came out number one in like 50 countries. So if you think something like that, it's just overwhelming. But, yes, it, it covers languages, cultures, countries, because it is it is just a great form of expression, like we said, that people can relate to, and they don't have to know the language to feel that pulse and energy. And, and uh, our point was there are other forms. When you do a festival uh, – The promoter might try to be very creative and have eclectic bands. It does work sometimes, and then it's a travesty, the other, because if you're trying to cross the market, if someone's coming to see Metallica at 10, they really want to see metal or heavy rock or rock. And when we were doing Big Day Out in Australia, it was very eclectic. And you would have a, not a pop, but a pop rock or a slow pace. And fans would get a little excited and start chanting, Metallica or someone the other band names three hours right. before oh. while the other band's on stage. So um the band that themselves obviously aren't for that but they they love their fans they're amazing and, and
1: do metallica fans all look the same all over the world
0: Pur- no there's some co- well obviously japan they don't look the same <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well they're, that's a no given so,
0: yeah, they de- <laughs> well, don't
1: have long hair and wear like leather no, jackets the, and no
0: you know the first time we went to japan we, uh, i can't remember like businessmen in suits uh, there was yeah really there was and it threw us <laughs> off we were like are we at the wrong building is there a convention going on not all but you definitely would see a few guys in suits and we, we kind of laughed but the yeah the general uniform obviously is a black t-shirt okay i've
1: got a have got a question for you yeah. out of all of the bands and rock stars men that you've been done security for have you ever seen a woman actually faint from looking at someone like they did back in like the you know like when mcjagger got yeah. on the stage in like the 60s and 70s or or robert plant with zeppelin and then you just the women are fainting have you ever you seen know, something really like does that really happen
0: the the fainting i haven't seen but i do see incredible handshake like yeah they I've cannot take a yeah. photo and you feel bad because everybody's looking. I know. So we always grab someone to grab the phone so they don't feel that. We, I was just somewhere not too long ago. And we, it makes and, you
1: feel bad for them, yeah, right? Yeah, and
0: we're happy that they're excited. But it's like you probably shouldn't be
1: that using excited. a camera
0: yeah. or, or drinking coffee <laughs> right. at this moment, you know, <laughs> or driving any heavy machinery. But, yeah, you get that, and, and the other ones are they're so excited they can't speak. But I have to say, like I always do, my clients are so great that they'll take the time and, hey, you're good. Take your time. We're good. We're not in a rush. And they kind of get it together. And, yeah, some girls are inc- incredibly emotional, a lot of crying, a lot of crying, a lot of crying. And here's the one you, you probably – A lot of crying? Here's the one that will throw you off a little bit. So I've I've mentioned Chris Goldfer, uh, who does a book tour. He He was a cast member on Glee. And when we did book tours – great great but i could see yeah
1: but i could see why um he would because he evokes emotion because of his lifestyle and and being out and people are looking for people like him to connect with absolutely no it's
0: such a positive yes but when we do a book line it's kind of like a line to disneyland you you go back and forth you're going to come up and and uh, hand the book and he'll write something and but I can't tell you how many times we're like, "Whoop!" A little teardrop on the Ford page there, you know, because the kids are so set, you know, and, right. and so they, happy. He saved their life, yeah, and yeah. he's and, made them like yeah. a
1: confident person of who they are in the world without feeling yeah. shame or guilt. And,
0: and then he he writes these stories. He he he.
1: Because for everybody listening, he's gay. He's yeah, out. Outward, yeah, he's outwardly and, gay, and, and his character young, is, and I think, and his character yeah, is, yeah, and, and it, he's he's somebody that oh, people and so, can connect with. Listen,
0: my thing with him is, we always talk about you get to choose some of your clients, and we are like Arnold and Danny DeVito, you know, in twins. <laughs> twins. There is nothing. In fact, we are. We don't have time, but I'm going to cover him and I meeting is one of the funniest stories. But we somehow connected, and he's i he i think he was 20 at the time i think he's 25 now 24 and i was with him when he turned 21 which was an interesting night also <laughs> i want to hear that yeah night. we will tell that one but i literally tease people that i just try to stay close so i get smarter through osmosis cuz he's really? so smart and so brilliant and so funny that i just kind of sit back and he he knows when he says something funny he'll look over and i'll just have that kind of the eyes roll <laughs> going i can't giggle it's not good when the bodyguard is giggling or crying <laughs> or falls down in the fetal position especially yeah. at
1: your size and yeah. muscles it and, and the tattoos silly. and the stature but i do giggle i do
0: giggle a lot with him really yeah. so and he's he's, yeah. he's and and more important he's so unbelievable to to his fans and he cares so so much and you can sense it. And, you know, the bookstore wants you to rush through. And he's like, fuck that. We're going to get to everybody. We're fine. We're not in a rush. But he's really sincere. So the original question is, do they get emotional? Not fainting, but they really, really take this home with them. The connection is something that they go home. So
1: when you see the videos from back in the 60s and 70s, do you I, really think that I, they were really fainting then? Because there wasn't absolutely. as much. There, they, back then, there really wasn't that much going on in people's lives it, that evoked that much emotion. Now well, we have all these TV shows and everything, so...
0: Well, it was the British invasion and things we can go into that because it, there wasn't a, a ton of music here. There was, obviously, but the British invasion came with the sex appeal of Mick Jagger and, and Robert Plant and a lot of people, so... It was real fainting, I think. It, it, I think
1: it, was, it was real. Well, how how low that Robert Plant wore his pants could potentially make me faint. So <laughs>
0: I, I will neither confirm. <laughs> or
1: Tom, you are well, like I just me. can't. Awesome. I can't get enough of you. Can we just? Can we keep? Can we do this more often? I'd love to. Anytime. You are the best backstage pass uh, person that I get on. We could just talk and talk for for I think show after show after show <laughs> i i, it. I, I, I love it That's i love fun. it thanks for coming on backstage pass with cheris b everyone that was tom rob the one and only uh, ultimate dude do everything guy, man <laughs> do everything man this is cheris b on the backstage pass on playboy radio